Welcome to episode 3 of the Dreamcast, a podcast created by the students of the Otis Music Camp in Macon, Georgia. Each episode of the Dreamcast will feature stories and conversations with exceptional artists from our hometown of Macon, Georgia, and around the world. This week, the podcast team interviews the incredible artist Nicholas Smith. Trained as an architect and a former illustrator and designer for Disney, Smith's work blends bold digital colors with searing political commentary. His work has been featured in the New York Times, The Guardian, on CNN, and in the high-profile social media feeds of Rihanna, Colin Kaepernick, Kendrick Lamar, Tracy Ellis Ross, and many others. In his celebrated Sunday sketch series, Smith uses his artistic talent to comment on the most pressing issues of the day, drawing Martin Luther King in a hoodie reminiscent of Trayvon Martin and a kneeling Colin Kaepernick, along with more than 100 other sketches that are collected in the new book Sunday Sketch, the art of Nicholas. Describing himself as an artivist, Smith strives to use his art to inspire people to make a positive change. Smith recently worked with the Otis Redding Foundation to create a stunning portrait of Otis Redding for the cover of The Best of Otis Redding. Dreamcast correspondent Chris Timothy, aka Prophecy, started our interview off. How you doing, sir? My name is Chris Timothy. Um, I go by Prophecy. I'm an upcoming artist in Macon. And I guess first, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and kind of letting the audience know what it is that you do. Hey, Chris. Okay, sure thing. Thanks for having me. First off, um, uh, my name is Nicholas Smith. I am an artivist, uh, which is kind of a combination of art and activism. Uh, Also a concept artist. Uh, I create uh, concept art for films. Also, I'm an author and illustrator of children's books such as my hair is poofy and that's okay, um, stuff like that. And, you know, I've just been, for the past seven or so years, I've been doing Sunday sketches, which is uh, creating a new art piece every Sunday, uh, just looking at what's going on in the world and trying to reflect that through my art. Right, so you worked on movie posters like Black Panther, I saw you turn the Obamas into the Incredibles and you put Martin Luther King Jr. into a hoodie. So what does it mean to you when you depict these prominent black figures as royalty and heroes and just ordinary people that we can all relate to? Well, for me, it's a it's it's kind of one of the most important things that I do. Um, There there are so many there's so many icons that I feel like in the black community that uh, we look to so often for inspiration um, and part of what I want to do is just commemorate those people and, and and show how important they are through my art and and now there's there's one side of it which is just like just having fun and, and creating the Obama family as the Incredibles like make them look like superheroes and it's a mashup and it's hilarious and um, there's another side that is um, more of like creating social experiments of these heroes um, such as Martin Luther King Jr. where you know I put him in a hoodie to basically ask people what is your reaction when you see you know this this great leader in the hoodie do you do you all of a sudden think he looks like a thug you know do you and and I got responses like that and um, and part of that was to a lot of a lot of my art is to just kind of reinforce some of these leaders' um, philosophies, and for him, it was, 
you know, we shouldn't be judged for our outward appearance, right? Um, and so that was that was the moment where, you know, the the piece when I made it originally went viral, and I was talking about it. I was asked asked to talk about it on CNN and um, just explain why it was, you know, the meaning behind it, which was, you know, we if if Dr. King didn't want us to be judged for our outward appearance, why are we why are we constantly doing that? Um, and so, and that, that was one of the reasons why, you know, sadly Trayvon Martin ended up losing his life is because somebody, you know, looked at him walking around the neighborhood with the hoodie on it and judged him. And so, um, yeah, a, a lot of my, my pieces, I just, I just want to either, you know, just celebrate the people or kind of like reinforce their, their point of view. Hi, uh, my name is Hayden. I uh, I was looked on your Instagram uh, the other day, and I saw where you had done you had done the Black Lives Matter uh, mural. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit and how it feels to be chosen to do that. The uh, for George Floyd. Uh, yes. That was um, man. That was one of the. I guess it. I would say is one of the biggest moments for me in my career. Um, I, you know, I left the, I, for, for 11 years, I was working as an architect and um, uh, doing, creating, designing theme parks. Um, and last year I left. And so for a year now, I've been, you know, doing this freelance art thing um, just as a, as a full-time freelance illustrator. Um, and and this was the moment when when Black Lives Matter Global, um, you know, contacted me. Um, I had I had been working with them a little bit off and on um, in months past, but you know, as you've seen, this this summer has been just a roller coaster. It's been there's been so much outrage in the streets. There, when when people saw the the George Floyd video, I think something kind of snapped in a way where a lot of people felt compelled to join the movement for Black Lives in the way that they hadn't before, right? And so, you know, for for Black Lives Matter to ask me to create his portrait at, at this, you know, such a crucial moment, that was like, I, you know, it, it was kind of a speechless moment. Um, and then, so so essentially they have this whole campaign where um they they wanted to create like a nationwide kind of billboard campaign and also this video that that showed many many victims over the years who have lost their lives senselessly um uh, to police brutality and other things and uh George Floyd's piece was like the centerpiece of that video so um it was it was just kind of a continuation of my Sunday sketch tributes where, you know, I wanted to, I had, I had created a piece for Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Uh, for Ahmaud, he was in a tux. And so I've created George Floyd in a tux also. And, um, you know, it was really, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of power in, in showing and seeing people eye to eye. And even if it's a digital painting, so I, I had, you know this image of George Floyd staring at you, um, almost questioning like why why did this happen to me? Like 
um, you see all these these videos, unfortunately, of people, you know, being killed, and and a lot of times you think, you know, that's never going to happen to me. But then I can imagine George Floyd saying, I, I, I cannot believe this happened to me, that somebody felt like they had the authority to take my life away. Um, and, you know, the response was unbelievable. Um, Michelle Obama shared it on her Instagram and Facebook and all that. And, you know, within hours, like it was all over the world. And I, I would see you know, my art on signs and, you know, protest signs in New Zealand and all over, you know, just random places. And, and I just couldn't believe it. Um, but that was, it was, you know, that was the moment where I, I felt like what I, what I do as an artist is, it was kind of like, you know, a realization like, like this is, Art is important during these times. I feel like there there's something about art that just can capture, you know, people's attention so fast and can give a statement without saying any words. Um, so I was just really glad and, and thankful that my art could do that, you know, in this moment. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you. you. Know, to, to touch on that, um, you know, relating to you as a young black male in America and relating to our entire community to see someone place a knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds while he's yeah. begging you to let him go. You know, mm -hmm. uh, as an artist, it moves you to want to cope through what it is that you're good at. And yeah. that's what I attempt to do in anything that I try to create, but to look at you and to see the success you've had um, being true to yourself and just being aware of everything that's going on and putting it into something so positive. Uh, for one, I just want to commemorate you for that. And two, yeah. I want to let you know that what you do is an inspiration to people like me, and I know it's an inspiration to everybody else. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I... Um... I it took me a long time <laughs> to get to the realization that you know art is my passion. Um, I I would for one just encourage everybody to follow your passion. I I went to school for architecture, and it took me many many years to realize that I don't want to be an architect. <laughs> and you know I was in my I was in my thirties when I my you know my mid thirties when I realized. You know, I should be doing art every day, all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was 34 when I decided to make this my, the career for the rest of my life. So, you know, I would say, you know, for one, it's never too late, but also just keep following your passion and keep, keep I, I always tell the artists out there and the creatives, you know, create the world that you want to see. Like, that's, it's so important for people to see, um, especially during these times, like, Show people the world that that we want. We all really want to live in, you know. And whatever is broken, you know, bring that to light and show how we can fix it. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you choose your subject matter for your for your artwork? I mean, these do 
you know, these the Black Lives Matter series and the, those, I, we, I, we see those, but also like Otis Redding or a person from the yeah. past. How do you choose who you're, who you're uh, creating art about? Sure. Um, man, I, I typically, I try to, on one hand, I, I think about all of the, all of the textbooks that I grew up with that omitted a lot of things, that omitted a lot of, you know, important stories, important heroes. And I'm, in a way, trying to, like, rewrite the textbooks through my art. Um, so on one hand, it, it might be, like, Martin Luther King Jr., who, you know, if we did learn about him in school, we, we may have learned about the I Have a Dream speech, um, but we didn't learn about the fact that he was a fiery protester who was, mm -hmm. you know, arrested 20-something times or however many times. And so, you know, one Sunday sketch, I decided to, you know, recreate his mugshot, you know, just to just to remind everybody, like, the struggle that he went through. Um, sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, there's a guy, Robert Smalls, who who uh, escaped slavery and ran for Congress and won and became a congressman. Um, stories like that that I never heard about growing up. Yeah. Um, and people, especially in this time, are asking, like, there's, you know, there's all these Confederate monuments that are coming down or need to come down, and, you know, who can replace those statues? It's like, that, there's a ton of people. There's, a, there's so much inspiration out there uh, from people who, you know, were kind of pushed to the side and, you know, their stories were hidden or erased. Um, and so it's really like a, a rebuilding of, of history and, and telling it accurately. Um, and I think that's a, that's just a, a way that I feel like I can do it. It's just to, you know, if, if, if my art is, is visually, you know, attention grabbing and, it has this, this power in a way that people tell me that, like, you know, they're scrolling 100 miles an hour, but they stop on my art. Okay. Well, then I say, okay, I'm going to use that, and I'm going to use my art to, when I stop people, I'm going to inform them on something that's, that's really interesting um, and something that needs to be talked about. And sometimes it's, it's even just, you know, you know highlighting folks who are who are marginalized and struggling and it might it might even be you know people like um this lady named rosa who brought her family you know seeking asylum to america um and the struggle that they went through and just creating portraits of folks like that to say we're actually we actually don't need to be all afraid of each other like we're all kind of in this together we need to figure out how to live together you know um, so really just looking at different stories, different struggles, and, you know, highlighting that through my art. That's why yeah, I, was, I was looking for, I took, a, I took an image of one of your works that was like, meet as many people not like you, or meet as many not like you people as you possibly yeah. can in life, which I love that, like the idea. Yes. I think like as a person, like that's just one of the most important things you can do is just, um, yeah. Just to, yeah. you know, introduce yourself to other people who you wouldn't normally talk to. Um, so I think that that's what really kind of drew me. Your artwork's obviously so visually stunning, but just the idea that you're, you know, profiling really famous people, but also people who we wouldn't normally meet in artwork, I guess. So Yeah, and I um, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas, and 
you know, went to predominantly white schools and a black church and had different, you know, was seeing different worlds early on. And then went to HBCU in Virginia, Hampton University, and then, you know, worked at Disney and corporate America for 11 years in California. So it's like to see, to bounce around the country in a, in a way, it's just kind of opened my eyes and, and meeting, meeting new people, people from various backgrounds. It's just, it does something when you, when you're like, when you don't stay in one social cultural bubble for forever. And even if you live in one place, but you travel, you know, take time to travel and, and just see new people, meet new people and, and, and bring all those stories and all those connections back home with you. It's, it's just so important. Hey, I'm Jocelyn. Um, I was wondering, how did you get connected with the foundation? Um, so I created uh, this Otis Redding um, album cover for, for um, Barnes & Noble for, for this, basically my, my, my friend, my childhood friend um, works at this record company and he, you know, told me about this opportunity to kind of commemorate the life of Otis Redding. And I was like, absolutely, I'll do it. Um, you know, he's a legend. Uh, and so it, it kind of went right along with my, my Sunday sketch style and my Sunday sketch um, kind of philosophy of just like lifting up icons in the black community. And so I made this art for, you know, for them. And, and then I connected with some really awesome people and found out about this podcast and all that the stuff that you guys are doing, which is amazing. And uh, man, I'm just like to see to see young folks doing such awesome stuff um, and, you know, being little leaders, I say, like, like really taking charge. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about, like, what was I doing at y'all's age? I, mean, I don't know. Um, but keep doing it. Like, it's really great. Our coaches, Jamie and Matt, agreed. Not hosting a podcast. I know I wouldn't. Not hosting a podcast. No. <laughs> no. Uh, to backtrack a little bit, you said you uh, you went to Hampton. So my uncle went to Hampton. Oh, cool. uh, and I plan on going to NHBCU. Mm-hmm. Uh how would you say, you know, being in that environment for as long as you were kind of influenced the way that you come about your art, you know, because you do a lot of uh, black community oriented stuff. Do you feel yeah. like that had any influence on? It? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Hampton, Hampton University, which was founded in 1868, um, you know, this was these these HBCUs started off as, you know, institutions where you know, black people and Native Americans could get an education when they weren't accepted anywhere else. Um, and there's just, um, there's just like an intense focus on really educating people about, you know, black history, about, you know, how, how specifically for one, how African-Americans even got here and, you know, just the whole history of the world and, and for, for me to sit in a class 
that was led by an elderly black man <laughs> who, you know, teaching me African studies and, and teaching me about West Africa and, you know, transit, transatlantic, you know, and slavery, enslavement and all of these different, um, all these different just aspects that were really hidden from my middle school, high school textbooks. I think that was the start of me kind of wanting to do that in my art, which is to uncover all the hidden stuff, all the stuff that wasn't talked about in, in mainstream textbooks. And so that was really it right there. And then when I was at Hampton, I went to the school newspaper and I, I basically said, you know, I want to be the political cartoonist. So that's when I first, first started to um, look at what was happening in the world. At the time, Barack Obama um, was trying to become president. And um, that was the time where I was like, okay, I'm going to create what, you know, create art that kind of highlights what's happening. Um, but yeah, the, the, the lessons and the classes from, from an HBCU is just something that you don't get many places. And I think that really kind of shaped the trajectory for me. So, um, Nicholas, you've talked about how in much of your work you like to highlight what has been omitted um, in the telling of history and the telling of stories. And I'm just curious what, if you had to express it, what would you say is your ultimate mission um, in the art that you do? Um, I think, I think just in general, my, my overall mission is, is in a way it's what artivism is for me. It's, it's, it's the opportunity to inspire people, uh, to make a positive change through my art. Um, so that, so that, you know, when people, after people experience my art, you know, they're not, they don't just. They don't think the same thing that they thought before. They at least see things from a different viewpoint, see things from, from you know, the perspective of someone else's shoes. Um, and also that they will go out and be inspired to act, to, to call their district attorney or their mayor's office, you know, to march in the streets to, to really bring about positive change. Um, and that's, that's kind of the goal right there is just, I just, I just want things to turn around. Whatever's, whatever's not going in the right direction, I want people to be inspired through my art and, you know, be inspired to turn things around. And that, that's pretty much the goal right there. Talk about like the actual process you work. I was just trying yeah. to figure out some of the some of the, so it's a it's a mixture of digital and 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 like paint. Is it it's just mixed mixed media? I guess and and, and a lot of digital. It's actually all one hundred percent digital. Is it um, okay? Yeah, most most of what I have. I mean, I do some acrylic on canvas work, mm -hmm. um, but most of the work, like you know, like the Otis Redding, um, that kind of style of of abstract, semi-abstract painting, um, 
it's all created to in Photoshop um, to look like a digital painting, to look like a, mm -hmm. a acrylic on canvas painting, but it's mm -hmm. all digital. Um, and I have like a, a little Wacom tablet um, that I hook up to my laptop. And, you know, I just, I have these textured brushes. And I, for me, I, I really love that feeling of like abstract paint, you know, these paintings that look like, you know, somebody just took a bunch of paint and threw it on a canvas, right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of, that's how I want the, that's the feel that I want when people see my, my digital paintings. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's pretty much how it is. And I, I just love that with digital, I can create speed paintings so fast and, you know, really respond to all these things that are happening in the world. Um, just, it could be day after day. I mean, I, I typically give myself around anywhere from like 30 minutes to three hours to, to make a piece, a digital piece, um, and then just put it out there. So you, and you really put that time stricture on yourself. Like you'll, you, you, they're meant to be yeah. quick, quickly done. Yeah, yeah, speed paintings. Um, cool. Very expressive, very fast, and you know, really just to give that sense of the energy and mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nicholas, uh, I have a question. Uh, how, or not how, but what would you say to the people who want to speak out and want to express themselves on these really divisive topics that are, you know, headlining us right now, but are too scared to do it? You know, what kind of advice would you give them so that they can really break out of that fear and speak for what they feel like is right? Mm -hmm. um, I would just ask people a lot of times like what like what exactly are you of what kind of backlash are you are you afraid of and what is more important than speaking out about um justice for all and you know equality like it's 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 it really shouldn't be a controversial thing it shouldn't be politics quote unquote it shouldn't be a political thing um, there should not be any problem with, with speaking out about wanting everybody to be treated fairly. And I think that's a totally reasonable thing for anybody to, to advocate for. And, you know, for some people, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, some people tell me that they, they weren't really able to put it in words, but they saw my art and they shared my art and that helped, you know, so... Sometimes I say, you know, if you see art that that aligns with what you want to say, sometimes just share the art because that it speaks, you know, at least you're making a statement that, you know, this this creative piece of art is, is saying what I want to say. Um, so that's usually a start that helps people. Um, but other than that, I would say just, you know, research and, and look at these stories. Like, if you can't tell me... In, in reading the, the the story of the end of Elijah McClain's life, that you wouldn't, you don't feel for him in some way and his family and would want to say that what happened at the end of his life was wrong. Um, and that that shouldn't be a problem to, to speak out about. So I would say, you know, look at these stories, look at the stories of these, these people, these lives that were lost. And, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna feel something and you're gonna, I'm sure, you know, some of that fear will probably go away.
what do you think of the place of uh, Otis Redding is in this movement? I mean, this is that music is obviously relevant. So much of it's relevant to our times now. Um, yeah. But what is the place of an artist like Otis Redding? I mean, obviously Martin Luther King, like there's a direct link. But uh, where does it yeah. someone like Otis Redding can fit into the legacy that you're trying to create with your art? Yeah, I mean, um, for for icons like him, like I first off, I in 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 learning about you know just the amazing impact that he had in such a short amount of time. I think that alone is is inspiration for especially for young people out there um, to to just see that you know you can you can have like an an everlasting impact in in, in a very very short amount of time um, but also just for me a lot a lot of what's happening right now in the world is is trying to is is in a way it's trying to suppress black joy it's it's trying to suppress you know just just the opportunity for for you know black folks to live normal lives and i think one of the one of the great things about otis redding and his music is like a lot of the stories that he was telling is just like man it's just like a black person living a living going through life just living a normal life and the the emotion and the struggle and the, everything that was all these you know beautifully crafted stories and and um a lot of it is a representation of what where we want to be it's it's funny because it, it was so long ago but it's like that's kind of like in a way where we want to be, where we we just want to live, we just want to we just want to be able to tell normal stories. Like some some filmmakers, some black filmmakers growing up, just wanna just wanna have just wanna make a film about, you know, literally like sitting on the dock of a bay, like just chilling, you know, just having a normal life. And it's not it's not that every black creative wants to wants to focus all their time on you know um police brutality and all the tragedies and all the hard things like we just want to live normal lives <laughs> and so that's it's it's great to when to see how you know a lot of times these icons were able to just you know creatively express like this is just this is just like the everyday life everyday struggles um you know the just normal day to day that that this is like the whole end the whole end game like the whole goal of all of this is just we just want to be able to live in peace and not be under the threat of death for no reason but the color of our skin so we asked nicholas about the difficulty of freely expressing himself in art and about the potential for backlash i will say that we you know when i was when I was working in corporate America, it's a little more, it's a little more, um, I don't know. It was like a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. in a way because, you know, I, there's certain things that technically you shouldn't, you know, you're, repre- you're a representative of this giant global company. Mm-hmm. And there's only certain things you can say, but for me, I just 
when I went home, I just made whatever art that I wanted to make. And it wasn't anything crazy. Um, and sadly, it's politicized. You know, if I make art of Martin Luther King Jr. in a hoodie, you know, that that might, you know, ruffle some feathers in terms of my employer or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's just me advocating for equality, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I never really had a problem with it. Um, but sadly, things will get twisted around. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, once I, once I decided to go full-time freelance, then obviously there's, there's no barriers to, you know, any, anything that I create. Although there are still, there are still corporations who, you know, who might want to collaborate with me, who are always looking at what I do. And, you know, if, um, if I, if I do something, if I make some art that say, you know, Donald Trump decides to block me for, you know, some corporations are actually looking at that type of stuff, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I know. Um, but, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm just, I feel like, again, I feel like if you're, if you're advocating for justice for all and, and that's your goal, then you really didn't have anything to worry about, right? Like, you yeah. know, be free to make that type of art. Can you let us know where people can find your work and experience mm -hmm. your work? Absolutely, yeah. I'm uh, on Instagram. I am at Nicholas underscore Smith, and that's Nicholas with two Ks. So it's N-I-K-K-O-L-A-S underscore S-M-I-T-H. And then uh, also I have, you know, Nicholas.art, N-I-K-K-O-L-A-S dot art. And that's where all my art is. And yeah, if you just type in Nicholas with two Ks anywhere on, on social media, you should find me. Thank you so so much. I really I really appreciate your time, and and I know I I was just just thoroughly enjoyed looking through your work and and researching for this. So thank you. I appreciate well, thank it. you for having me. This is great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Thank you for listening to episode three of the Dreamcast. The Otis Redding Foundation would like to thank the following people and organizations for their continuous support: the Otis Redding Estate. The Otis Redding Foundation, the Knight Foundation, Georgia Council for the Arts, the Community Foundation of Central Georgia, the United Way of Central Georgia. The Dreamcast is produced by Jamie Alilaw and Matt Miller with student journalists Gina Branch, Christopher Timothy, Hayden Nichols, and Jocelyn Rowley. Our theme music was composed and performed by Zach Wilson. This episode also featured A Change Is Gonna Come by Otis Redding. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Dreamcast.